Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Scott Holliday. And Scott, you're the CEO of Holiday Process Solutions and also Zero DT, which stands for Zero Downtime. And you've built two very successful companies, but they're both very distinct in what it takes to have them succeed. So first of all, welcome to our show. Thank you, Birgit. In these days when a lot of people are struggling, you are too, but in a different way. You started off with a 100 square foot space, and then five years later, you moved into a 20,000 square foot place, and then now you're looking for another 17,000 square feet. And you actually last year received the Best Energy Industry Systems Integrator Award, which is not an easy award to get. And then that's for HPS. And then for zero downtime, I'll let you talk about it. There were, I don't know, something like 2,000 vendors who NASA was looking at and they chose your company's surge protector equipment or I say equipment is so small it's uh, I think the same size as a quarter but it's so it does its job so well that you're the you have the world's fastest and most reliable industrial surge protection so I'm talking a lot now but clearly you have some practices that work really well so I'm going to turn the show over to you tell us how have you managed to succeed so well well, it's been a challenge, Birgit, as anything is. I think that the two different companies, we have two different business models. Uh, Zero DT relies primarily on distribution, whereas uh, HPS relies on uh, direct sales to end users. Uh, it has been a challenge because they are two different business models. One thing I have found is that if you hire really good people and get them in the right seat and let them do their thing and don't micromanage them. They will come to you and tell you what is needed. And that's one thing that, that I really focus on every day when I come to work is to make sure that I have the clear understanding that my goal is to allow my employees to do their thing. And I think that's that's how we've had success with both companies. And how did you learn that? Because I think a lot of leaders these days are like, oh, it's 50-50 whether I hire the right person. Well, what was really neat growing up is my dad was an entrepreneur, so I got to see how how he took care of the family mm. and that, then also how he took care of his employees. And I think many CEOs still feel like the customer is first. And my mm. dad taught me that the employees are first. And it's one thing to say it, but it's definitely another thing to show it. And I think that's something that we've been able to do is that they know that I'm being very sincere and it is how I truly feel. And I feel like that if you take care of your employees, your business family, your customers are going to be taken care of. And that's just the way that works. And and it's been really fun to see um, my young employees buy their first home, have their first child, uh, you know, just be able to re actually see those things on a daily basis as you watch people grow. And that's that's been the most exciting thing about running these companies. Hmm. Well, and I try to tell some of my clients that, right? But they, but then they still are like, yeah, but if you don't have the right person to start with, then you can't do that. What would you say to that? Well, I mean, that's a very good point. I think that uh, we all personally are challenged with, with balance in our daily lives. So. Uh, you know, spiritually, physically, emotionally, all the different things that make us who we are. But that's also to be transferred to the company. Uh, there are so many different ebbs and flows, ups and downs that I think that the first thing the CEO has to be is that, you know, that duck on water, uh, you know, looking like everything's really smooth, but there's lots of movement going on, uh, going on underneath the water. 
And I think that one thing that's been really good for us is if you hire someone who's really good and you put them in a position or you feel like there's a particular role for them and perhaps it ends up being not the right role for them, you allow them to change seats, to allow mm-hmm. them to move into different roles. And I actually have one employee here, Stephen, who's awesome uh, with multiple talents. And he's moved four times into four different positions. And now he's head of quality for us. And so it's also being willing to be patient. Uh, what I did with Stephen is Stephen and I sat down on a Friday and I said, OK, Stephen, over the weekend, write down five things that you that you want to do, that you like to do, that what brings you enjoyment. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go home and I'm going to write down five things that I need you to do. You know, that, that the company really needs from you. And we got back together on Monday and we, we traded lists. And what was really neat is that everything that he had written on his list were the same five things that I'd written on my list. And mm-hmm. at that point, we moved Stephen into quality and he's taken quality, you know, completely over and has done an excellent job. So, you know, I think that you need to listen to your employees, you need to watch your employees, you need to get feedback from them and, you know, be willing to make adjustments. And living your values is another interesting piece that I'd like you to say a little bit more about, because I know one of them is, uh, well, first of all, to have the conversation you had, there's got to be some level of trust. And I know that's one of your values. And I know commitment is one of your company's values. In fact, I think you even have it painted. <laughs> so that's quite a commitment, right? <laughs> exactly. We actually made the guy repaint them twice because they weren't straight the first time. So, yeah, they're they're. They're, they're on the wall and they're on the wall as you walk out of the building. So, you know, everyone can see it uh, visible to everyone. And yeah, mm-hmm. our four core values are integrity, quality, trust and commitment. And, and how do you keep them alive? Well, let's just talk about Stephen. When you allow a person to run quality for your company, number one, there's a lot of pride in that. Then you have really, really strong leadership meetings. So you bring the leaders from each one of the departments together. And we do that every other week. And you let them know that, first of all, how much you depend on them. And number two, you allow some interaction. I think a lot of times we we close off the walls between departments. And there's so many different processes that need to be you know, developed between departments so that things sm- uh, flow smoothly. And when you get that and when you start putting all that together, what you start to see is you start to see efficiencies. And when you start to see efficiencies, then at the end of the day, you see more profit for the company. And then you share that profit with your employees. And then all of a sudden, they get the show. They understand that they're directly related to how well they do financially, how well they do being being happy in the position. But it gives them pride. It, it gives them uh, the trust between departments. You know, in our systems, when we went back to the old school, back in the old day, we were, let's say you and I, Birgit, were building a, a Chevy Corvette, and I'm the transmission guy, and I would put my initials on the tranny after I get it installed. And let's say you you put in radiators, and you initial the radiator after you install the radiator. There's there's pride when you put your name on something, and so we've gone we've gone back to that in the way that we uh, integrate and build packages here. So in other words, as soon as the mechanical, as soon as um, uh, Ryan, his team is done with the mechanical portion of a project, he signs off on it. There's a label on that with his initials. And so there's accountability. There's pride and workmanship. And along with that is the responsibility piece of it as well. So as long as we continue to allow everyone to to know that they have input into our day-to-day 
operation here, that's when we start to see all the core values come to life. Yeah. So it sounds like through the decision-making process, they refer to the values. Exactly. And I guess the best way to say it is that we bring that to life. Uh, every month we have a, a company-wide employee appreciation lunch. And so what we've done is we've gone to what the military does. We, we've developed coins. And on each coin, uh, you know, each coin, there's four coins and each one, uh, one coin sends integrity. And then you have quality, trust, and commitment. So you have four different coins. And what we do is, is you hand that coin to a peer, to another employee, and this is in front of the whole company. And you tell the rest of the company, you know, why you're handing that coin to that particular person. And that, again, really instills pride in what they're mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's really neat to see. And then, you know, we give them a free voucher for lunch, just, just, you know, something nice. But, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't think that something like that would have such a, such an impact, but it has such a great impact on the culture of the office. Uh, you know, we work really hard, but we also laugh a lot. So that's been a good thing, too. But, you know, you do get that family feeling in my offices, but you also have the structure. So it's a good mix, but it's yeah. hard and it's a daily battle. In one of our previous conversations that we've had, you mentioned that you really work hard to allow everybody to be contributors rather than just participants. You're exactly right. One of the interesting things that I remember is uh, Cedric. He's the head of our project management team. We were in a uh, production meeting and at the end of the production meeting, he threw up a cartoon on the screen and it was a picture of a wagon. He had a few people pulling the wagon. He had a couple of people, one of each riding on the wheels of the wagon. And then you had some people inside the wagon and then a couple of people actually had rope around their waist and they had their heels dug in the ground. And they were, you know, trying to stop the wagon. And that has really stuck into my mind. Some people are along for the ride or they're just participating. And then you have your contributors and those are the people that are pulling the wagon. And, and so, you know, I've tried to think about that when we're interviewing people. I'm a member of, of Vistage. So I, I work with other CEOs around the city of Houston. And, you know, that was one thing that we talk a lot about is the difference between being a contributor and being a participant. And you try to vet that on interviews. That's what you try to do. Yeah, very good. Well, I was a speaker for Vistage at one point. <laughs> and oh, nice. uh, in Vistage early on in my years of building a staffing firm, you know, it's, it's helpful to be with mentors and other CEOs, which is the point of the podcast, because it's so hard for people to meet with mentors these days and, and even mm -hmm. connect with them. So have you ever struggled with anything? And if so, what was it? And, and what blind spot did you have? Oh, it's it's a long list. <laughs> <laughs> pick one. <laughs> yeah, right? Just pick one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, most CEOs would say more than one, but not everyone knows that. <laughs> well, one thing that I can think of that we that we spoke on earlier is is to allow people to move into different roles and it's okay so in other words if i'm interviewing you and you know we need a production manager and you come on board as a production manager you know at some point you may show that you have an interest for another role at the company and i can't be so stringent as to keep you in that role that i hired you for i have to allow you to move so one thing i try to think of too is that instead of the ladder if you will a success we think of our companies as a jungle gym. You know, you're allowed to move and do different things. So if someone comes to us and says, you know, I'd like to learn a different skill. For an example, we have a gentleman right now that is looking to have more responsibility within the company. And he needs just some basic computer skills. You know, no matter what position mm -hmm. he moves into, you know, he's got to be able to use basic programs. And so what we're doing is we're bringing a tutor in to help him 
you know, grow personally. And then that way he will be able to move into a new role here at the company. So I would say that it's a maze and you just got, you have to be super patient. But one thing you try to do is you have to balance between what the company needs and what the employee really needs to, to be happy and be successful. Well, all I hear is success and how you've managed that. Well, we could talk about other things if you want, where I've had struggles. I've got a lot of those. And you know this too. You, you've, you've been down this road, Birgit. It's, uh, you know, it's a battle. It's a daily battle. And, and, you know, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, I think all things always work out the right way. What has been one of your hardest battles to recover from? This year has been hard. It really has. We had an employee pass away from COVID. Mm. Um, you know, we've shut wow. down. Yeah, we shut down twice. You know, personally, um, you know, we've had some personal things. My wife and I, we've had friends pass away this year. So this year's been a really, in a lot of ways, it's been a sad year. But the resilience of people is is amazing to see. And I think that, you know, I always try to feed off of, uh, of friends and family, you know, just to keep going during the hard times. But this year's been tough. It really has been a hard year. And so I'm kind of yeah. looking forward to this year, you know, going on in the past and maybe starting out with 21 with a, a new look on things, if you will, a, a new positivity. Yeah. Wow. Well, that that has been a tough year. We all hear stories about other people, but to personally experience it, you know, again, you're you're certainly showing how to go through tough times and keep going. I mean, I think you've had you've had other tough times with with business, but I bet sure. this is probably in one way tougher than a business issue. It is, you know, because it crosses both lines, personal and business. You know, it really does, and which means that you know you, you don't get to shut it off. It's it's always with you, and and it's a different way of life. So I think that uh, we in, in times I think that I've felt kind of like a fish out of water in some cases, but uh, just try to hang in there and hang around positive people and continue to do positive things and, and battle through it. Wow. So Scott, you have been through a lot of struggles and this must be, as you said, one of the tougher ones for many reasons. So as we start to wrap up the show, there's new leaders, there's leaders trying to take their company to the next level. And some could argue we're still in crisis mode. Is there anything else you want to let our leaders know before we wrap up? Well, sure. I've had uh, things that have you know hit me harder than others. I've had failures and a lot of struggles and like everyone else. And I think that you know we just all need to be empathetic towards each other. I think that we need to really understand that, uh, that we're, we're all in this together and my issues are not unique. And for anyone else out there listening, you know, we all go through battles and every day is not easy. And I think that it's super important to be able to reach out to a friend, family, whoever it may be, a coworker, and be able to talk about how you're really feeling. Just the other day on LinkedIn, I read a quote by Jack Welch that really hit home for me. It said, when you were made a leader, you weren't given a crown. You were given the responsibility to bring out the best in others. And the one thing about that whole quote that really stuck out to me is responsibility to bring out the best in others. I, as leaders, that's our job. That's our mission. That's our mission beyond being leaders. That's what sets us apart and allows us to help others be their best. And that really hit home for me. Wow. What a way to wrap up. Thank you for, you know, not only saying that, but actually demonstrating that in your, in both of your companies. And thank you for, you know, being on this podcast today and, and taking the time to, to help other leaders be their best. Well, thank you very much, Brigitte. I, I greatly appreciate this opportunity. 